Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 8 o'clock, Sports Radio 94. WIP, Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Tuesday night. As we discuss the emotions, the feelings, and everything, the fallout from Super Bowl 57. And I'm just, as we, we are now 48 hours from this thing, and I'm, I'm re-watching it again, by the way. This is like my fourth viewing of Super Bowl 57. I'm just, um, I must be a glutton for this because I'm just going to keep watching it. But as, as we watch it again, as we talk through it again, I feel strongly that the Eagles blew this game much more than they were robbed at the end by a call. I understand the call was frustrating. I wouldn't have made the call. I thought it was a really unfortunate way to end a great Super Bowl, and I, and I, I just think it's a disgrace that, that they threw the flag. But the reason they lost that game, if I'm doing like a scale, it's, it's way, way heavier on the, on the side of they blew it. They had the unforced errors. They had the poor decisions. Their defensive coordinator didn't adjust uh, to what the Chiefs obviously realized, you know, going motion within the red zone, you could get a guy wide open. And, and it happened once, and it happened again. And that's a bad job. Nick Sirianni can't punt there with 10 minutes to go and create a two-for-one possession. Jalen Hurts can't fumble. Quez Watkins can't drop the pass. It's almost like I'm recreating the J.C. Kelsey speech of five years ago, but it's, it's like a nightmare. Quez Watkins fumbled. Jalen Hurts, Quez Watkins dropped the ball. Jalen Hurts fumbled. Nick Sirianni punted. Like, it's just all these things added up. Isaac Sayamala went off sides. False start. Like, you can't have these things. And beat the Kansas City Chiefs. That's why they lost. 215-592-9494. Where do you fall on the scale of why this went the way it did? All right, we'll, we'll discuss that. But let's also talk about the news of the day. And it's big news. And one of, one of the two pieces of these news, we knew, right? We, we kind of knew on Sunday that Shane Steichen was going to become the next head coach of the Colts. He took the job today. He was introduced. So the Eagles lose Steichen. They also lose Jonathan Gannon who today, um, it, it, the reports and news emerged that Jonathan Gannon has been offered. He's going to accept the head coaching position for the Arizona Cardinals. So in a matter of two days or three days, the Eagles lose the Super Bowl, they lose their offensive coordinator, they lose their defensive coordinator. And I, I, I know right now it is very difficult in this city to have a rational conversation about Jonathan Gannon. But there's no doubt in my mind the Eagles are going to miss Jonathan Gannon more than they're going to miss Shane Steichen. Like, I, I don't even think it's close either. And he, here's why I believe this. I'm curious which coordinator you guys think, you know, they're going to miss more. 215-592-9494. I, I think it is obvious they're going to miss Gannon way more than they're going to miss Steichen. And I'm not, it's not a knock on Shane Steichen. 
I, I just look at it as the offense is set up with continuity almost across the board, and I think a, a plug-and-play element for the next play caller. Now, there's some nuance to calling the plays, but let's let's just take a step back here. Of the 11 starters on the offense, how many are coming back next year for the Eagles? A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Lane Johnson, right? That's six right there without even, without even thinking about it. That's six right there. I'm not worried at all about the running back position. I don't care, okay? They, they'll go draft a kid. They'll add it to the mix with Gainwell and with Boston Scott. Miles Sanders could take a hike after the way he played in the Super Bowl. I'm not paying a running back. And that, I'm not, that position's not going to change anything. They'll just get a running back that could play in the third round, and they'll be fine. Okay? Is J.C. Kelsey coming back? He might. He might. And Sayamalo's a free agent. So maybe they lose Sayamalo. Okay? So they're going to lose maybe one or two starters on the entire offense. They have the quarterback and the top three pass catchers there. They have their left and right tackle there. They have Cam Jurgens, who's been in the system now for a year of practice, ready to go. The offense is plug and play. They're going to roll out of bed next year, and as long as they have health, especially Jalen Hurts, they're going to score a lot of points. I am not worried about the offense without Shane Steichen. And again, this is Nick Sirianni's offense that Steichen's been calling the plays for. This isn't Steichen's offense. It's Sirianni's offense or, or, or some collaboration of the two. It's not like they have a defensive head coach who has no idea what's going on in offense. Sirianni is the offensive guy. Okay, so that's that. And then when it comes to Brian Johnson, they have a ready-made successor in the building. Jalen Hurts has been raving about Brian Johnson forever. You know, Jalen Hurts has been known this guy since he was four years old. Hurts was four and Johnson was playing for his dad down in Houston in high school football. The offense is set up to lose to Shane Steichen and not miss much because they have all of the other continuity there, including the quarterback. And the most important weapons, the two receivers and the tight end. I, I'm, I don't think they're going to miss much without Shane Steichen here. I do think they're going to miss not having Jonathan Gannon running the defense. I, I, I just think we let one night, one day, dissuade from the, the big picture. Jonathan Gannon did a good job here for two years. You know, is he Buddy Ryan? Is he, is he, you know, is he Jim Johnson? No. Right, is he going to go down in Philadelphia lore? No, I get it. He's now the Arizona Cardinals head coach. And and the last memory you have of, of Gannon is his defense couldn't stop Mahomes and they lost the Super Bowl. But Jonathan Gannon did a good job on defense. Okay? Good. He did a good job. I said this for two years. When he had players, they had the number one defense in the league by a lot of metrics. Number one. They were a top 10 scoring defense. Okay? The players obviously liked him. So that we checked that box as well. And will they like the next guy? Hopefully. But, I mean, they liked him, and they played hard for him. And the other thing is they have, what, eight free agents on defense? So this is going to be a totally different defense with, I would think, a lot of young players on the field next year. Like, they could have a rookie or second-year player at defensive tackle, Jordan Davis, at middle linebacker, N'Kobe Dean, at corner, who I think they'll draft one, right? Maybe they'll play James Bradbury, and at safety with a blanket chip if he takes over for one of the two spots that are about to become free agents. They could have a lot of young players. In fact, maybe throw another one. Like, couldn't their second first-round pick also be a defensive player? They could have five, four or five first- or second-year players. So we're talking about a new coordinator who has to have a bunch of new players, loses a bunch of good players, and he has to potentially, and I don't know this, but potentially bring in a new scheme. Like, if you want them to go get a defensive coordinator, 
not not one in-house. The scheme's probably going to be different. You're probably sitting in your car saying, good, Gannon's scheme stinks. Well, that's fine. How long is it going to take a new coordinator to put in a new scheme with a whole bunch of new players, including four or five first- or second-year players? It's going to take a while. So the continuity's on the offensive side. It's not on the defensive side. They're going to miss Gannon way more than Steichen. 215-592-9494. Who are they going to miss more? I mean, this is... This is probably worst case scenario. Like, you, and we talked about it during the season. This is not surprising. Right? They go to the Super Bowl, they could lose both coordinators or at least one of them. But I'm just way more concerned about losing Gannon because that side of the ball just has a lot of uncertainty. Meanwhile, the offense, I mean, I could see Brian Johnson going in there and them scoring 28 points a game next year. And I'm not, not too worried about it. Tucker, what do you think on this? Yeah, I mean, I do think it becomes a convoluted argument because you're losing so much talent on the defensive side of the ball. Or it could be. I mean, sure seems like James Bradbury isn't coming back based on Woo! on his comments today. He, he doesn't seem too eager to take a, a hometown discount and try and win a Super Bowl next year, which is fine. That's his prerogative. He took a discount to be here this year, and he certainly gets to cash in on being a second-team All-Pro. But I don't know. I mean, you know I'm not a big fan of Jonathan Gannon, and I look at what he did this season – are we going to have a tough time finding a guy to hold Daniel Jones to 10 points next year? We have a tough time, you know, holding, holding, you know, uh, guys like Malik Willis and, and Kenny Pickett and uh, who's uh, Josh Johnson, right? Like, yes, they feasted a lot on bad quarterbacks. And I know that became a little bit overplayed, but I don't know. At the end of the day, do I think they're going to be worse maybe next year without trying to think Andy? Yeah, but I also think the bigger issue is they're losing a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, and losing Shane Steichen, that stinks, but I don't know. I mean, the development and uh, of Jalen Hurts is the most important part of this organization still. Even though he's playing like an MVP candidate and absolutely balled out in the Super Bowl, I want everybody around Jalen Hurts as much as possible. And we saw what happened with the last quarterback when everything kind of got got you know thrown into the wash and right. Frank Reich left and everyone got promoted. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be bitten by that, but... I don't know. I, I like keeping everybody together on the offensive side of the ball and making sure Jalen Hurts has everybody he needs. Yeah, I understand that. 215-592-9494. Who do you believe the Eagles are going to miss more? Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen. And, and I, like, I, I, it's clear for me they're going to miss Gannon more than Steichen. Like, the offense has almost nothing changing. We'll see if Kelsey retires. We'll see. But I also think the, the offense... They have the head coach there who's also an offensive guy. He always talks about he's part of the planning all week, and then Steichen just calls the plays on game day. So, all right, so it's still the, the offense isn't going to change. It's just a matter of who's calling the plays on game day, and I think they have that guy ready-made. Now, the defense, it's totally different. Also, let's just throw this possibility out there that I don't think anyone wants to acknowledge. I think Jonathan Gannon was a good coordinator. I never said great. I think he was good. You may disagree. You know what there's a possibility of, right? Like, what if the next defensive coordinator was top 10 in points allowed this year, by the way. I'm still waiting for my big hat. I'm telling you right now, they're not going to be top 10 in points allowed next year. No way, no how. Now, is that a product of they have a lot of different players? Yeah, it's part of it. But I, I just think the combination of a new coordinator players, they're not going to be a top 10 defense next year. Nope. Hopefully they're top 15 so they can still you know win a lot of games with, with a good offense, but they're not going to be a top 10 defense. They're going to slip from that immediately without Jonathan Gannon here. So, you know, yell about him, say he stinks. Talk. 
the coordinator today that is going to be the bigger loss next year, without question in my mind, is Gannon. He, he took care of an entire side of the ball and let the head coach not worry about that side of the ball. And on offense, Steichen was a piece of a puzzle, but it's like a machine, that offense. You got Bryant Johnson there. You got Steichen there. You got Sirianni there. You got Hertz, who's like half a coach on the field. And that, so they'll lose one piece. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I do. Um, I was thinking about this, though. I think we all assume it's Brian Johnson. Who, who was it, Tucker, that called plays or, or was kind of in charge? Remember when Sirianni had COVID? Remember that was, uh, two, he, he, he made it back for the game, right? But then they have a contingency plan. It wasn't Brian Johnson. There's another guy in there, the passing game coordinator, Patulo. Is that his name? Kevin? Kevin Patulo? Kevin Patulo. I just I'm, I just was wondering that because he trusted him. Remember that? Remember when Sirianni had COVID? Like um, this was you know when this was a very big deal, twenty twenty one December I think it was right around Christmas. Yeah, it was uh, December twenty second, twenty twenty one. And they had a contingency plan, right? They they said it was all ready. Kevin Petullo yeah, would I'm call the plays. Yeah, I'm reading the story now. Sirianni can't coach. Passing game coordinator Kevin Petullo will assume head coaching duties, and Shane Steichen will call plays on offense. Okay, so Petullo was the head, but I, I just wonder if that means they trust him a lot, right? Like he was going to be the head coach that day, not Brian Johnson. I, I mean, that could just be a, a kind of a chain of command thing. But I, I wonder if he's in the mix too. Either way. I'm not worried about the offense. I do think they want to keep Brian Johnson around as much as possible for Jalen Hurts' sake, and if that means surrendering play-calling duties to him, I think you do it, right? Because yeah. I think any any job that he's going to be offered will come with that. Well, I would I would think this. I, I would think they have to make Brian Johnson the coordinator now, which they probably should, but he's going to get a coordinator job if he doesn't get this one. Like, Couldn't um, Gannon take him with him? I mean, like, if the Eagles didn't elevate Brian See, Johnson. See, that's something that I am worried about besides just losing Gannon and Steichen is they could raid the Eagles' lower-level assistants, right? I mean, Denard Wilson, everyone's talking about him. What if he went along with Gannon and became the defensive coordinator there yep. and Gannon became more uh, of a CEO-type head coach? And then you look at, at Steichen, what if he takes some of his guys with him? Or what if Gannon, trying to assemble his own offensive coaching staff, elevates some of those guys from, from Philadelphia to Arizona? It is... It is worrisome. Like I think the idea of just losing these coordinators, it doesn't end here. They're going to continually bring on guys from the Eagles organization to their new new uh, jobs. Well, how about this? The, I, mean, I, mean, I, I would guess Brian Johnson would want to stay here with Jalen Hurts. I mean, they have that relationship if the Eagles make him the play caller and the coordinator. But like, there's an opportunity. Like, imagine if Gannon tells, hey, Brian Johnson, you come here, you call plays, it's your offense. You're not calling Nick Sirianni's plays, his offense, it's your offense. So like, all this is on the table. And, and I, I get all that. But as I sit here tonight, there's no question in my mind the Eagles will miss Gannon more because that that is a side of the ball they are less equipped to plug and play and less equipped to just fill in. they got to go find a defensive coordinator. And guess what? They're in a bad spot. If this was three weeks ago, Vic Fangio is sitting out there looking for a home. Obviously, he's getting paid by the Eagles during the Super Bowl run. So he wants, you know, he, he he's part of this, but he, he accepted the Dolphins coordinator job. I mean, like, there's good coordinators out there that are gobbled up. Brian Flores took the Minnesota defensive coordinator job. Any of those these names would have been viable replacements for Jonathan Gannon. They're not available anymore. It's a problem. Let's go to the phone lines. 215-592-9494. Where do you fall on this? Steichen Gannon, who's the bigger loss? Scott in, is uh, Scott in Las Vegas, usually Scott from Dallas. What's up, Scott? What's going on, Joe? Yeah, I'm out in Las Vegas now. Are you, have you, are you there permanent? You moved there? Yeah, they're permanently now. So. Awesome. Work, or you just decided to go out to the desert? Yeah, working out here now. Cool, cool. So what's, so, what's, what are you feeling, Scott? What are you thinking? 
Well, this is for your lucky, Joe. This is the first person I've been able to talk to since the game ended because I've been just so gloom over it. But, you know, the one thing that I have to say about this game, and I'm going to go with an optimistic view, is that I really think this game's actually going to be a blessing in disguise for Jalen Hurts' career because just knowing his mentality and all of us knowing the way he is, I really have a feeling he's going to use that fumble as motivation this whole offseason. And, and it's not, there's really not a better time for that because he's going to be getting a contract this year. Everybody's going to be talking about how great he is because of that Super Bowl performance. But in his head, all he's going to think about is that fumble, and it's going to drive him. And I really think it's going to – I think the next 10 years with him – are going to be better because of what happened in that game. Well, see, Scott, I, I think you might be right. Um, and I, I I do think, as much as it hurt the other night, like there's something about him and his leadership in this team. Like the mountain isn't climbed yet, and, and you know that's going to be their sole focus now. Yeah, and, and I got even got to tell you, Joe, like I really started having doubts in that game, similar to like A.J. Brown said, when, when you kind of had to settle for that field goal and you knew they were going to come down, and then especially when they got that punt return, in my head that game was over. And, and I'm a big believer in Hurts, but I thought it was over then. I did not expect him with all the momentum on the Chiefs' side to drive us down there that quickly and to score a two-point conversion. I, that impressed me more than anything, just the heart he displayed there because the entire queen, uh, team at that point had quit. He had to will them to, to get that game tied. Yeah, I was down too, and then he the the throw to Devonte, the the deep pass down the sideline where he almost scored. That one, I was I was I was like, oh my gosh, like he they're gonna score, they're they're right there, like wow, that this happened quickly. He got them right down the field. Yeah, and, and for the first time, in and I'm happy the the rest of the league seeing it. There, there's three guys that I look at, and I and I really think for defensive coordinator, we have to start focusing on this because the NFC I think is gonna be down for a little bit just because of the way the quarterbacks who were good are kind of retiring and things like that. You're looking at it. I think we got to realize that Mahomes, Burrow, and even Allen possibly, if he can show he can win, are who we got to stop. And we got to get a defensive coordinator who can build a defense and can focus on beating them. Because I think it's going to take somebody like uh, Jim Johnson. It's going to take somebody real creative because you can't be passive with these guys. Those guys are too good. They'll dice you up. Yeah, I, and you know what? It's, it's, it's Scott, man, I appreciate it. I don't know if the coordinator exists that could stop these offenses and stop these quarterbacks. I, I really think moving forward, I think what we saw on Sunday is we're going to see more Super Bowls like that, like the Eagles and, and the Patriots, like the Eagles and, and, the, and the Chiefs here, where it is a shootout. You need to outscore their team to win. It, it takes me back to coaching decisions. takes me back to the Sirianni punt, um, the mistakes they made. But, but also with that, and, and I don't know if, you know, maybe you could scheme this up more. I mean, really, what is the big difference between the Eagles, Patriots, or both five years ago and a couple nights ago? They made one play on defense. Like, I, I, do we forget now how badly they got torched on defense by Brady in that game? I mean, the, the Patriots had 600 yards offense. They moved the ball up and down the field for four hours in Minnesota. And the Eagles still won because they got to 41 points. They, they got an extra score. And they also made a play. And the Eagles on defense two nights ago couldn't make a single play. Do you think the decision to punt in the fourth quarter and kind of that that conservative mindset, do you think that was just a result of Nick Sirianni's lack of head coaching experience? Because I know Doug only had two years when he reached the point, but he spent a 
decade in the NFL, right? He, he was a backup quarterback in a lot of big games. I have a feeling he kind of recognized what was going on on the other side of the field and, and understood what he needed from his offense. I'm wondering if Nick Sirianni just didn't kind of pick up where the momentum was heading at that point in time and thought, it's all right, we're down one, we'll get the ball back, we'll be okay. Even if they score a touchdown, it'll still be a one-possession game, and obviously it was, and they went down and tied it. But I don't know. I just wonder if it was something where he wasn't used to being in that big moment and being in that situation and yeah. kind of just decided to, to treat it like it would be really any other game when it wasn't, and you really kind of have to go all out. The other thing I, I, I'm trying to think through as you said that is, how, I wonder how many times this year he's been down and had to make those aggressive decisions, right? He's usually... Well, the Eagles really haven't come back at all this year. Right. He, he, Sirianni and the Eagles developed a mentality of, we're up and we're going to hammer you, right? We're not going to... We're going to step on your throat and we're going to go for fourth downs when we're up and we're going to keep the ball and score again. I wonder how often he's been down and had to make that kind of very aggressive decision. Like, I'm down... I got to go for this. Yeah, I mean, you think about their comeback wins, right? They, they kicked a game-winning field goal against Arizona. Against Houston, they came back in the second half. Against Indianapolis, they came back at the end. But Bad teams, too. Those are bad offenses, right? Like Those are teams that 100%, you could punt to them in that situation and be very confident that you're getting the ball back in, in a quick fashion. Yeah, it's almost like the game and the, the, the script changed so fast. It's like, wait, my quarterback, Jalen Hurts, he's on a heater. I, I should keep the ball with him. Their quarterback's on a heater. We can't stop him. I just, that, that punt, it drives me crazy. 215-592-9494. Who will the Eagles miss more, Gannon or Steichen? It, it's easy for me. It's Gannon. This offense is set up to to succeed. Um, it's a machine. They have the quarterback and the line and the receivers and the tight end all coming back. This defense has a million changes, and they have to incorporate young players in a new scheme. It, it worries me. 215-592-9494 to hop in. We'll come back to your phone calls. And it does sure sound like uh, James Bradbury's on his way out. You hear what he's had to say today uh, as the Eagles clean out their lockers on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bag was behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop board on this Tuesday night as we discuss, well, every element of Super Bowl 57 and and really how we're feeling tonight. So a couple things on, on the table here. One, I, I feel it's more the Eagles blew this game than they were robbed. I mean, I I, I know the, the play happened at the end and the Bradbury hold and it's it, – it was frustrating. I wish they got the ball back. They should have got the ball back. But they lost because of their own self-inflicted wounds, whether it be a fumble, a drop pass, a false start, you know, a coaching decision here and there. I mean, that's why they lost that football game more than James Bradbury. So I blame it more on them, and I think they blew it. And as far as the quarters, they lose both Steichen and and Gannon today. I think Gannon is the bigger loss. Where do you guys fall? 215-592-9495. We'll go back to the lines here in a second. First, though, we got to hear from Jace Bradbury, who's been maybe the biggest. Maybe, is he the name that, other than Mahomes and Hurts, is he the name that's been said the most over the last two days? Yeah, I would say so. 
Yeah, the holding call, obviously, free agent to be. He owned up to it, but here's what he said today about coming back, his market. Uh, doesn't sound like he's uh, planning to come back here for uh, a discount. It's kind of hard to put like a um, percentage on which one is more important. It's kind of just based upon case-by-case scenario, you know? Uh, but I do know those two things are probably the most important to me, you know, is being on a good roster, you know, having the ability to get to the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs, but also, you know, I don't want to play for cheap, you know? I don't want to play for cheap, you know, which, um, again, is... Which he kind of did this year. Not through any fault of his own, because the Giants didn't cut him until May. Right, and now he gets the free agency on day one. Um, I would put it as a very slim chance James Bradbury's back here next year. I mean, I just... He's one of the top corners in the league. Corner is a it's such an enormously important position. Someone's going to overpay for James. It's funny. The Eagles got him on an underpay. Now I think he's going to get overpaid. Right? He's what, 28, 29? I mean, someone's going to give him a four-year deal for $80 million. And I would imagine by the end he's not He'll that. He'll be 30 at the start of the season. Yeah, he's going to be an overpay. Um, but, I mean, again, he's really good. So he's second-team all-pro. I, I get why someone's going to. But it's not going to be the Eagles. I, with all the guys they have up for free agency, I doubt he's back here next year, especially when he says, I don't want to play for cheap. All right, let's go back to the phone lines here. Let's go to, we got Matt, who's up on WIP. Hey, Matt. Hey, Joe. Listen, um, I agree with you. Eagles beat themselves more than the rest. As soon as the game was over, I could name five things immediately that they had done wrong, right? Um, except for the missed field goal, I really couldn't name that many things the Chiefs did wrong. If they would have lost that game, Chiefs fans, would not have a long list of things that they did wrong. So You're right. I, I, I totally I blame the Eagles much more than I blame some call at the end, which, by the way, we don't even know if we drive all the way down. If we, we didn't get stolen a victory. We don't even know if we would have tied the game or won it or anything. You know, we just we wanted the chance. Right. The, the opportunity was, was taken away. Exactly. Um, I'm going to disagree with you, though, on the Gannon thing. I'm, I'm glad Gannon is gone, and let me tell you why. Um, and it's for all the reasons you gave, that there's going to be a whole lot of new faces when did Jonathan Gannon succeed? Only when you gave him good players. They were horrid against the run, and then they get Indomitian Sue and Lindell Joseph, and suddenly in the last five games, they're the best team in the NFL against the run. Last year, when he had um, a second bad corner who wasn't James Bradbury, Stephen, I can't remember his name anymore. Stephen Nelson. Um, and he had bad, yeah, Stephen Nelson. Yeah, Stephen Nelson and bad linebackers. He cannot, he is not some brainiac who can scheme his way out of. Uh, getting his players to play above their pay grade. He's a guy who can take 10 players at the deep at the line of scrimmage, some better linebackers this year, and then um, a lockdown corner, which we learned, and suddenly Gannon's a great coordinator. On the offensive side, don't forget, we learned at the end of last year that when the offense got better, we learned later Nick wasn't calling plays anymore. We didn't right. even know that for a while. We didn't know why the offense was suddenly better. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. This year we have a lot better players. Um, I'm not worried about, like you, I'm not worried about the offense at all. But I am not feeling good about Jonathan Gannon if he was here with all new faces. I, I hope someone in here can get guys, scheme guys who might um, maybe not be as good as James Bradbury uh, and play better defense. Um, so that, that's why I'm get, glad Gannon's yeah, I, I, Matt, I, 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 I get it. And, and you're, you're not wrong that, obviously, when they had better talent this year, Matt, I appreciate that they played better. I do think we are discounting the fact they could have a downgraded defensive coordinator. Like we're not opening our eyes to that. It's not. It's not a lock that the next guy that comes in here is better than him. 
In fact, I would say it's unlikely the next guy in here is better than him. Is he the same, similar, same kind of guy? Yeah, it's possible. You know, they get a, a similar kind of coordinator. But I, I want to push back on the notion that Jonathan Gannon didn't get any of these players to play above their level. What was TJ Edwards before Jonathan Gannon got here? And I'm not just forget for a second he got beat up in the Super Bowl. TJ Edwards became a, I would say a, what, what, what's the phrase, what's the uh, level we call him? A, an above average NFL linebacker the last two years? He was an undrafted free agent. Oh, Marcus Epps was a nobody and became, I would say, an average NFL starter this past season. So, like, that's two players right there that were nobodies in the NFL that became average or above-average players under Jonathan Gannon. Hassan Reddick, for as, as much as we love him now, never had a season in his entire NFL career as good as this year under Jonathan Gannon. I mean, guys had career years with him. That, that's the truth. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was a good player for the Saints, but he was having a career year before he lacerated his kidney under Jonathan Gannon. Avante Maddox, do you, do you guys remember how we talked about Avante Maddox before last year? It was Avante Maddox is, he's good, he's solid. He, we like Avante Maddox. He's his safety, he's a He was no Craven LeBlanc. He was no Craven LeBlanc. And then all of a sudden, under Jonathan Gannon, he became one of the premier slot corners in the game. I, I think there's, there, there's different ways to have this conversation. If you want to say you don't like Gannon, you wish someone else was here, that's fine. But like... I think it's disingenuous to say none of these none of these non-star players actually played well under him. That's not true. Epps, Edwards, Maddox was not, Maddox was nothing like he is now before he got here. So is it the scheme? Is it his his individual coaching with those guys? I don't know why it is, but those guys got better under him. That, that that's true. I mean, the linebacking player the last two years was way better than it was under Jim Schwartz. At least like the end of Jim Schwartz, right? The beginning was pretty good when they had Bradham and um, and Kendricks and those guys. Hicks. Hicks, right? They had some good players. But like, you know, Edwards and Kaiser White, Edwards and uh, whoever they had last year, Davion Taylor, like they got better linebacker play the last two years than whatever the what end of the... What happened to Davion Taylor? He got hurt again? Is he around? I kind of forget. Um, but wait, whatever. Um, Tucker will find where, where... Like, do we think he's like not here? Did he get cut? Practice squad? Practice squad. Okay. So he's still here, uh, kicking around somewhere. But, yeah, I mean, it's better than what was the what was the end of the uh, other era? Alex Singleton was out there running around, making tackles eight yards down the field. Eric Wilson. Oh. Well, he was here last year, too, wasn't he? He was here last year. Yeah. These seasons, they're long. You forget how long they are. Let's talk to AJ and Doyle said. Hey, AJ. Hey, Joe. What's going on? What's up, AJ? What are you feeling? Well, I kind of with the Super Bowl. I think kind of both things can be true in terms of uh, you know. I, I look at it as not being robbed so much in the sense like the refs robbed us. I think Tucker, one of you, made the point that you just felt robbed of a better ending than what it was. If you're just looking at it from a, a fan perspective, yep. a, a general fan perspective. But I also kind of feel like the field conditions kind of just robbed the experience. Um, earlier today, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Tucker was on, uh, um, I guess, with the midday guys. And it was something about, like, 38% of the snaps. And I don't know if it was all snaps or just defensive snaps, but it was a 38% Eagles to 14% Chiefs in which a player slipped on a given play. I saw that, um, yeah. Yeah, so that just kind of like, you know, would it have tipped the scale one way or the other? Eh, who knows? But, you know, in all of these if scenarios, that's certainly one you have to put up there. But I've noticed, uh, you know, kind of one of the things – uh, Dan Orlovsky uh, was showing, I saw a, a clip online that kind of showed 
not just the two touchdown scores where the players were left wide open, but the two plays uh, right before those uh, scoring plays in which basically they baited our defense into showing how they would cover and switch off if there was like a jet sweep. So they ran the ball on the play before, kind of see was the defensive back and safety still switching off. They ran the play, and yeah, I mean, hey, they, kudos to them for doing it on the first go-around. But then to see that same sequence again where it wasn't just a scoring play, it's kind of like that That should stick out to you, like almost the, hey, they're baiting us again here. And, and that's where I think kind of maybe the coaching or the execution let us down. Uh, you know, defensively. Sure. AJ, I'm not game. sure if you saw the story. Um, BNME gave some quotes after the game that, that he and Reed kind of looked at the tape of how Doug Peterson and the Jaguars ran a similar kind of motion, you know, against man coverage down by the goal line when they played, you know, the Eagles earlier in the season. And and that mm-hmm. was their tell. Like, they saw what Doug did, and they were like, oh, look, if, if we do this, I think we get a guy wide open. It, it's crazy how... The Eagles didn't realize that their tendency and that the, the Chiefs went back all the way to week four to see, like, we could do something similar to that. And, and they beat him. It's just ironic to me that they beat him with a Doug Peterson play. You know, Andy Reid beat him with a Doug Peterson play. Yeah, well, karma is, you know, what do they say? Yes. I mean, and there was, uh, and, and that was something we've heard this team, especially Nick, say, hey, we're always self scouting. We're always self scouting. Yeah. I guess that's the disappointing aspect is like, you know, that's where you got to go back to early in the season because they're, Sure enough, these are professionals. They're going to go back and find any little play. And I think uh, your producer, Tucker, was just making a good point. The uh, deciding to kick the field goal uh, late in the game and that punt uh, late in the game, and I know you've mentioned this too, Joe, is I think Nick got a little bit away from himself. And I don't want to say coaching scared, but they, you know, I guess one of the old adages is when you get away from the stuff that got you there, you're you're probably gonna you know not be successful. So I think uh, you could pick any one of number of things, and it was it was that good and that close of a game that you, any one or two things could have just tipped it the other direction. And it sucks, but at the end of the day, I mean we've got a great quarterback. Like you said, the offense is uh, primed and ready to go, and this this team will be good. Now defense is going to be have to be worked out, but you know we're, we're we're I think we're other than the heartbreak of the Super Bowl. We're coming out of this feeling a lot better with the direction of the team than what we could have expected going into this last season. Oh, there's no AJ. There's no question on that. I appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean, I is is a little perspective necessary. Um, I think it is. Now, I mean, I think the days for perspective shows will come in the next couple weeks and months here on WIP. It's tough to feel all that today, like that the future's bright and they're going to be fine, which is, I think is true. But I'll I'll give you this line of perspective. Imagine if I told you, and I, I know the city was probably 50-50 on Jalen Hurts before the season. Imagine if I told you that you could sign up for this before the season started. Jalen Hurts would finish second in the MVP voting, and he would play possession for possession with Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Like, you would say, I don't even care if they win. Just I'll sign up for that right now. That means we have a quarterback. We have an Make it a case he outplayed him. I won't go that far because Mahomes didn't ever turn over. He did. Mahomes won the game. Whatever. But like he played right with Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. That's remarkable. Six months ago, he play or not? 
So if that there's a perspective right there. They have a 24-year-old quarterback who just had one of the great Super Bowls of all time. So yes, that 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 I think makes you got to make you feel a little bit better. Steve is in Egg Harbor Township. Hey, Steve. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, I'm listening to this, and I got just got one thing to say. I mean, if we had Spagnuolo on our side compared to Gannon. We win the Super Bowl going away, as far as I'm concerned. What that guy did with four rookies, he attacked us. He played man-to-man. If you look at the only open receiver we really had all day was Devontae, pretty much. And that one play to Quez Watkins where he should have had the ball. But A.J. Brown's touchdown was thrown into double coverage. And the, the one defensive guy that lost sight of it who was in front of Brown. And Brown went and got it. And Goddard made three great catches where he was covered like a blanket. And Spagnola continuously came after Hurts with a blitz. Lined his guys up man to man. But it didn't work, Steve. But it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I know because we had a great mobile quarterback. They didn't have a mobile quarterback. And we just sent four the whole game, and we sat in our zone and got picked apart. But if you, bl- like, Steve, if no, you no, blitz New Mahomes, if you can't us. blitz Mahomes, they blitzed him on the, sec- on the touchdown at the end, and he threw it for an open guy. You can't blitz that guy. Yeah, you can blitz anybody. But they were playing off the guys. I mean, you saw our guys were playing off the guys. We didn't get up in their faces like their guys did. I'm sorry, man. I mean, when I look at that game, it looks the same thing when we saw Dak go 24 for 24. We sit in that soft zone. They played more man. They played more. They they played more man coverage last night than they did the entire season. Oh, I disagree with that, no, no, man. But, no, I'm no, sorry, no, man. They, but they, they, that's what happened. They play they, they, the stats are out there. They played more man coverage than they did the entire season. They don't play bump and run coverage. You know why guys. they don't play? Do you know why they don't play bump and run? Do you know why? I, I, let's go back to the New Orleans game, Steve. These corners are good. They're not fast. If they don't hit the bump, the guys run right past them. Why did? Why did? Why did Bradbury hold? Because he got beat. These guys are not quick corners. They're good corners. I'm not saying that Slay and Bradbury are not good corners. They're good, and they're they're really good, well-covered corners. They're not quick and fast. If they that get play against Bradbury was a weak call. Anybody who saw that, you're, 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 Steve, that Steve, you're missing. You, why, why did he? Why did he hold? He just grabbed for a split second. Everybody why? does it. No, but no, because he can't. No, because he got beat off the line. Steve, I, I think we have to stop pretending they have two Deion Sanders out there. I like Bradbury. I like Slay. What happened in the New Orleans game when they bumped? Does anyone remember? What was that guy's name? Shahid, Rahid, Rashid Wallace. Here's a name that sounds the same. Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid. Raheem Shahid. He ran right past Bradbury. Okay, like we have to sometimes realize man for man doesn't always work when you don't have the physical matchup like you want. Like, for example, let's go back to this. Week two. Physically... Slay is a really good matchup for Justin Jefferson. He can body him. He could push him around. And, and Justin Jefferson, for as good as he is, would you say Justin Jefferson's a burner? I wouldn't. Like, he's not a Tyreek. He's not a guy that's going to run past you. He's just a glider. So if you push him around a little bit, you get him off his timing. You could, you could, the Eagles match up well against him. You know who they really don't match up well against in man on man press coverage? Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, Juju Smith Schuster. Like, these guys that if, if you don't get the bump, they're faster. They're quicker. They get around you. All of a sudden, you gotta, you run them from behind. Like, I just... I, 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 they lost to Patrick Mahomes, guys. 
They lost to a team with Andy Reid calling the plays. Like, we can't just do this where it's going to be Jonathan Gannon's fault for the rest of our lives. They fumbled. They had a lot of 65-yard punt return. Okay? Nothing to do with Jonathan Gannon. Fumble for a touchdown. 65-yard punt return. Okay? Their coach, their head coach, who no one wants to criticize ever, punted the ball with 10 minutes to go back to the other quarterback. Right? If you don't think Gannon's any good, well, why did he punt the ball back? Should have kept that football. Now I'm frustrated. Took two days. Now I'm frustrated with everybody. You didn't take your glasses off yet, though. That's usually <sighs> the telltale sign. Not yet. Well, because I'm, to be honest, the reason I take them off, I'm sweating in here. I don't, I don't want to fall on my hands at break. When I walked in here, and I, I think I keep the room probably a little bit warmer than some people. I don't, I, I don't like to be cold, but I, I keep it like 71, right? Like, it's not, I don't ever think it's hot in here. When I walked in here tonight, do you, do you know what it was at 555? Well, I keep mine at 67 because that's the lowest it gets. Okay, you, you obviously liked it a little cooler than I, but I, I don't think 71, 70 is, is insane. When I walked in here at 555, it was 77 degrees in this room. Well, that's insane. I mean, like, I haven't been able to, I turned the air on, but then I started getting cold because the air is blowing on me. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating and, and, and I'm watching this dumb game again, by the way. They just tied it up. I know. Hertz had the, uh, the octopus. You could bet on that. I just, I never heard of octopus before yesterday. Did you? I re- I remember I always hear about it before every Super Bowl because it's like a betting term. So if people don't know, the octopus is if the same player scores the touchdown and the two point conversion within the same scoring thing. Right, you get eight consecutive points. Yeah, in oct- eight, you get it eight for octopus. Um, I think the odds on an octopus in the game were something like fourteen to one. So like if you it, you, you don't have to pick the player, you just pick will an octopus be scored? I mean it's just, it is a, it is a fun thing to bet on. Like oh, would you bet on an octopus? He was the first one to ever do it in the Super Bowl. Oh, is that true? I think, I mean, did you know that the two-point conversion wasn't around until like 1994? Uh, I remember seeing, but I, I guess that's, you know, the early 90s when I started watching football. So I've always, I feel like I've always had it. It's always been there. That blew my mind when I found that out last week. Yeah, so like, and now we're going to sound young, but like, so you know, way back in the day, you're down eight with three minutes to go. You score a touchdown. You're just out of luck. Sorry, bud. Go home. <laughs> well, it's like now if you're down nine, right? Like you can't right. tie the game. It's like you have to kick it off and or onside kick or whatever. Yeah, that. Um, I bet that was a. I, I would love to go back and hear the debates about that. Someone like posted a video. I forget who it was. It was a, a Browns backup quarterback ran in the first two point conversion. Thought, wow, this film looks really good for something that should have happened hundreds of years ago. Right. <laughs> it was Wait. like 1994. Yeah, I wonder if most fans in the moment were on board. Like, yeah, this is awesome. We could get two-point conversions. Or if people were like, no, nah, this is stupid. I'm sure there are a lot of purists out there who thought that it ruined the game. Yeah, well, a lot of rule changes in sports are resisted at first, and then they become, you know, they just become normalized, and you think about them. Uh, by the way, um, I'm sure we'll, do, we'll talk some spring training later in the week. Philly's uh, going to report in a few days. How about, uh, finally, baseball listening to us and almost every ex-baseball player we've had on the show the last couple of years. You see what they uh, made permanent? The Manfred Man? The Manfred Man forever, which I love. And I but not in the postseason, right? No. Which I think makes sense. Yeah, I understand that. But I, I do think there's something weird about playing different rules the regular season, postseason. But I, I get but like it. Hockey, like hockey doesn't go shootout. to like three-on-three three shootouts right. and stuff. No. Like they just keep playing. They I can't... think that makes sense in the postseason. Yeah, and we had a game, was it this past year? There was like a 
play uh, Mariners, Astros. It was a crazy like 18 inning game. It went like 18 innings. Yeah, and that's cool in the postseason. But like, on May 2nd, I don't need to be, you know be up till 2 a.m. watching it. No, let's speed it up and get it get it done. Let's move on. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard. Lots to discuss here. Um, I mean, it just it was such a disappointing. Endings to disappointing game. My feeling tonight, and as I, I watch it again here live, I just watched the flag on Bradbury, by the way. Just I, I'm, I'm going to turn the TVs off here. This is my fourth viewing of the game. It's like it's all they're running on NFL Network. It's like they gave all the hosts the week off, and they're just replaying this I game. I think you're right. I mean, earlier they were doing a- access, and they were Derek Carr got cut or whatever. But, like, besides that. I was thinking it's wild. Like, you go from, like, 12 to 14 hours of live NFL now, and... Then the week after, it's just this on replay. Yeah. Well, I'm tired of watching it, but I'm going to keep watching it here. Anyway, 215-592-9494. More blame to the Eagles or feel they were robbed by the refs late in that game. And who do you feel they're going to miss more, Gannon or Steichen? It's easy for me. They're going to miss Gannon more. It's just way easier to replace Steichen. Continuing the offense hurts this year. Eight or nine of the starters will be back, maybe more if Kelsey doesn't retire. Um, and then you have the defense, which a bunch of new players, young players are going to be out there, potentially a new scheme. They're going to miss Gannon more. We'll discuss it all. We get back. We'll hear what Jalen Hurts was thinking and thinking today in the locker room next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 